0: You are listening to the Garlic Fries and Baseball Guys podcast. Sam Lovman and Mark Willard platooning in for uh, Joe Shasky this week. Make sure you're liking, reviewing, rating, subscribing, sharing, and telling everybody about this podcast because we are the number one source of Giants content here in the Bay Area, part of the Odyssey Sports Network here on 95.7 The Game. Mark, seems like uh, every few months we got to go through this exercise where, as I said, the Farhan Wars, they're starting to rage. And it seems like just people are so quick to jump on Farhan Zaidi and just want him out. Mm-hmm. So this is kind of a broad question, but let's just kind of jump into it. Why do you think people are just so out on Farhan? I mean, before I let you answer, I just want to point out, since he got here uh, at before the 2019 season, the Giants are 352 and 301 ...under the stewardship of Farhan Zaidi. That's not that, including last night's game. That's uh, 653 total games. From 2015 to 2018... ...so since the Giants last won the World Series... ...they went 308 and 340. That's 648 games. So five more games... ...but it's basically the same number of games. Giants are clearly better now... ...than they were in the four years prior... ...to Farhan's arrival. Yet, you tell anybody that... ...on top of the fact the farm system's better... And it just, it, it, in one ear and out the other, they mm-hmm. just don't care. Why do you think there's so much you know, fan vitriol to Farhan ID Because people don't like change. People you don't like it? change.
1: And this is a totally different deal. This is a totally different approach. Yeah. It's a totally different style. Um, and you know th- they're, the struggle to find a face of the organization is pinned on Farhan, and I would actually argue, because if you look at faces of the Giants, there was Barry Bonds, who took everybody on all kinds of individual journeys, although the team journeys fell very short, Mm -hmm. and then there was Buster Posey, if you want to add in people like Bumgarner or Lincecum, but it was really Buster Posey, who took people on less of an individual journey, but the greatest team journey that that we've ever known. Um, And then you go, okay, How do you find a face? Bonds was acquired, but always felt like a favorite son. Yes, Buster Posey was homegrown. The idea of a face of the organization being plucked from the outside is actually pretty difficult. It can happen, but if you go around baseball and look at faces, um, most of them are players who are, in some way, kind of grown from within or no, I have, a, have a local attachment to, to a fan base. So I would argue that while Farhan has fallen short on landing the free agent that everybody's waiting for him to get, the actual uh, culprit, the actual people to blame, if you will, that there is no face of the Giants right now. Are the people who were cultivating the farm system prior to Farhan getting here? Mm-hmm. Because there was nothing there. There was nothing to grow. Um Sure, they're, like I know that Luciano and some of these guys, but they were like they were
0: teenagers. Luciano was signed in 2018, right? They two were, months before Sabian and Evans were shown the door, right? And
1: they were, and and, and he was. How old was he? What was he? 16? I Sixteen.
0: I don't think. Yeah, he couldn't even drive yet.
1: Right. So, like, the, the fact that they have not had anyone. I mean, who right now? is the leader in the clubhouse to be the homegrown face
0: of the Giants. It's probably Patrick Bailey right Thank now. Thank you. I try, to, the, I try to pump up Logan Webb as being that guy. It doesn't seem like it's hitting it. Well, yet, but it doesn't work as well when you're a starting pitcher. It you is need someone tough. who's
1: out there every day and he's in a leadership position and Patrick Bailey's the right answer and he was one of the first draft picks that Farhan made and a controversial one at that because it flew in the face of Joey Bart mm-hmm. and he was unequivocally correct. Yeah. like That <laughs> has already been
0: totally, totally proven. I wonder so, how close he came to getting dealt yesterday see that was the one giant they were name. About that was it. the one name that popped up yeah. yesterday i wonder how close but no. i just yeah, yeah. I,
1: I i look so, at it That it's just it's changed. it's a very very different way of going about business it has not been successful at the highest level yet it has totally been more successful than what was happening before he got here and no one wants to hear that because they are hesitant to to see something that's different, especially when they're comparing it to a regime that was very, very successful. But you're right, they weren't successful for four to five years yeah. leading up to the
0: switch. It, it fell apart. Yeah, they kind of ran out of their goodwill there. And I agree. You, you, you pop a good point here at the rip. The reason a lot of fans don't like Farhan is because he's different. He is different than how, you know, Sabian used to do things. Uh Shasky always points out that one of the first moves that Brian Sabian made was trading away Matt Williams and how that was the bold move that set the tone for Brian Sabian's tenure. That's a move you make when you have a guy like, I don't know, Barry Bonds on the roster. Like people talk about, you know, the greatness of Sabian. I'm not trying to diminish Sabian, but he had Barry Bonds to build around when he got here. That is like the ultimate cheat code to be able to have that. If Farhan had, say, I don't know, a Bryce Harper to build around or a Giancarlo Stanton to build around, you think things are probably a little bit different. That being said, the whole difference thing, that's kind of the point. I, the, the the line I always point to uh, that Larry Bear said after 2018 was, we want a next-gen GM. And to me, that told me that... Larry was looking around the landscape of Major League Baseball, and he saw that the way that teams were constructing themselves, the way that teams were trying to win baseball games was changing. You saw back in 2017, everyone was hitting home runs. You had, you know, random dudes who you would never heard of hitting 20 home runs just by falling out of bed. But then, you know, you're like in 2018, you got the Giants where Gorkys Hernandez was their home run leader with 16. It just seemed like the Giants were playing baseball in rewind while the rest of Major League Baseball was moving forward. They were. And now I do think that the game is kind of shifting back away from that power centric uh, style that we saw from, you know, kind of 2016 to 2021. But that said, Larry wanted this team to take a different direction in how it constructed its baseball teams. So... Yeah, if things are different, it's because that is the point. That's not a Farhan thing. That's a what Larry wanted thing. And if the Giants do move off Farhan Zaidi, which they are not, <laughs> then you don't. it's not going to be like some Dave Dombrowski type who's going to come riding in on a white horse and wow. saving the day. It's going to be another kind of Farhan type who's going to come in and just pick up doing whatever Farhan was doing right now because that is what they wanted. I feel like another reason why uh, fans really get kind of irritated with Farhan is they call him Arrogant. They think he kind of has this kind of talk down to you nature. I'm smarter than you. Is, I'm better at this than you. He's so and I you know you hear this with Kyle Shanahan so a lot not. too. When Kyle Shanahan's like, "Oh, go watch that Buffalo Bills game and right. see what they do." I'm here to or, teach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not here. To, it's like you know, uh, was it was he was getting into that back and forth with Eric Branch the other day. It's like, "Oh, you worked four quarterbacks today. Oh, three quarterbacks yesterday." It's like, "Okay, smartass. You know what I mean?" Right. Like, there's that arrogance, that kind of smug factor there that I think rubs fans the wrong way. It, I, I mean. I don't know. Is, is that even fair to kind of? I, I guess I can understand why you might not like that, but does does it matter if 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 someone is <sighs> arrogant or unlikable in this situation?
1: Well, he's just not. Like, and I know that, that that fans don't get the opportunity to speak to the guy, but calling Farhan dismissive or arrogant above it is so not him. It's just not who he is. If you wanted to argue that Gabe Kapler was, I'd be much more open to hearing that. Mm-hmm. The guy who uh, you know looks like he's on the catwalk when he goes out there to make a pitching change. Well, that, he's just I, better looking I mean, than all this. Well, there, and That's just that. the reality. <laughs> you know what I mean? Although I'm going to get a hand tattoo and we'll see if see if it makes me look better. But <laughs> I like I. If, if that guy makes you feel like he's talking down to you, I would be more open to it than, uh, than hearing that Farhan does that because he, he is just not that way. It's like I said – they simply they have a philosophy and they stick to it. Mm-hmm. You don't have to like the philosophy, but that's their philosophy. And as you just pointed out with the numbers, it it works more often than not. It works better than than what was happening before. And so that's why I've always been just such a huge supporter of him. And while people will take shots at him for not making bold moves, you can point back. Part of this is also when people look back on things, you forget the bad stuff a lot more than you you you. You've, You do the good. Mm -hmm. Okay, here's the bold moves that Brian Sabian and his regime made. Okay, but what about Zach Wheeler? What about Brian Reynolds? Or how about the AJ trade?
0: Right. What about
1: <laughs> all the bold moves where it actually blew up in your damn face? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, there's been so every regime's going to have good moves, bad moves. Farhan's moves have been way more good than than they have bad. So I I don't know. I I, I reject no, I, I reject the premise that that this group does it in a we're above it way you brought up shanahan what both the giants and the 49ers do we're gonna do this in a way where we don't listen to the fans yeah and i know that that might bother people but good god they're right teams should not be listening to the
0: fans or us no no when it comes to making decisions. Our job is to talk. If our job was to make the decisions, we'd be working in the front office, which Farhan, I'll send my resume just in case. Yeah. (laughs) But, no, I agree with you there, but I think maybe one other thing that may I think maybe kind of turns fans off on on Farhan and this regime is there is that obsession with data. And, you know, I know we always kind of think that we have this Giants fans seem to have this misconception that Farhan is sitting at a desk typing computer what do I do and then the computer says you will bat Jock Peterson when Marco Luciano faces a righty no that's not exactly what's really going on there and conversely Bruce Bochy, remember, Thank he you. would kind of bristle at the idea that he's just out there thinking, all right, gut, what should we be right. doing today? No, he had his data sheet as well. They no, were he, planning hates, things. he hates the perception oh, yeah, they that were he planning just things follows out. his gut. The, 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 one of the best stories I, in, that I like for the Giants is uh, 2010, that game six against the Phillies, they game plan that entire yeah. game out ahead of time using the data they had. So that was the decision. To do. If Sanchez falls apart, they're going to go to AFL. Then AFL going to try and bridge them to Lincecum and Bumgarner in the later innings. And that's all done prior to the game. Bochy's not just sitting there in the dugout thinking, you know what? After AFL, I'm going to go to Bumgarner here. That's not how that works. There's far more planning here. Um, you guys had Alex Pavlovich on uh, your show yesterday. Yeah. And uh, he did say something that kind of struck me a little bit. And that is Farhan comes from the, uh, the A's and Dodgers school of thought of the postseason is a crapshoot. Mm-hmm. And that you build your team for the regular season. Whatever happens next happens. That to me is... I don't really agree with that sentiment there. Um, I know Billy Bean famously took that stance, and of course, Farhan's a Billy Bean disciple. Uh, Dodgers have that kind of the same situation where they have great regular season teams when they fall apart in October. A's, same thing. Great regular season teams fall apart in October. Farhan's cut from that same cloth, and I wonder if Giants fans maybe don't respect that style of success, because when you look at how the Giants won in 10, 12, and 14... Those weren't really great regular season teams, but those teams, I thought, were absolutely built for October. Well, and they were built for October because of what, in my opinion? They
1: had definition and effectiveness out of the bullpen. Mm -hmm. Um, It is interesting that the Dodgers use that philosophy because they have stunk in the playoffs, and and maybe that's why. But I would argue it's actually much more simple than that. I've always wondered why the Dodgers don't prioritize their bullpen more. They've always got great starting pitching. Mm -hmm. They've always got an unbelievable lineup. But what wins in the postseason is a bullpen and uh, and the Giants this year have a really good bullpen. Mm-hmm. They've got definition. You know who's coming in in certain situations um, all the time, just like they did in 10, 12, and 14 with the Affelts and the Javi Lopez's and the Romos and the Wilsons and Casillas and all that. Mm-hmm. So they've got that again this year, which is why I'm a little bit more optimistic about the way it's going to go. Um, it's an interesting concept, the idea that the regular season is what we, we plan for and then The postseason is a crapshoot. I don't mind it as long as you're prioritizing the bullpen because the Giants have shown they're going to be in all kinds of close games. Yeah, and to me, whoever's got the best bullpen is who's going to pull out the majority of those close games. Mm -hmm. Padres this year. Look at their record in close games. It's terrible. Why? Because they're amazing everywhere but the bullpen. The bullpen. Yep. That's what that. That's the key here. That's the magic elixir. That's why the Padres can't figure out oh, our run differential is amazing, but we can't win the close games. Yeah, because you have a great lineup and you have a crappy bullpen. Giants are the other way around.
0: So before we get out of here, this this is already going to become our, probably one of our longest po- A lot of history on this Sorry podcast. This is going to be a long yeah. episode. First in-person episode no, bringing you back. So much history being made on episode 69 no of this podcast. No called <laughs> me short <short-winded>. Sorry. <laughs> but uh, the last thing I want to say here is I want to put on our tinfoil hat here. I have this belief that it slowly is becoming less conspiracy and more, I think, reality for me. And that is, it really feels like there is a sect of Giants fans who want to see Farhan fail just so they could say that they were right, that Farhan wasn't the guy. And I started thinking this but earlier this year at the start of the baseball season, we had David Sampson on the morning roast and... David Samson, whenever he comes on, he's always been a a very vocal defender of what the Giants are doing. Mm -hmm. I remember one time when I got him off the phone, I asked him one more question about Farhan. He's like, he told me, Sam, there are too many smart people within the Giants front office for the Giants to struggle for a long time. And one thing he said when we had him on the show was there are a lot of fans out there that would rather be angry and right rather than happy and wrong. Yep. So we want to be angry. We want to say Farhan isn't the guy. See, I told you he wasn't the guy. And it's like there's almost like this desire to see the Giants fail just so that they can say you see I was right not to trust this guy. Totally. Do you feel like there that you see that too within the Giants Absolutely. fan base? Absolutely.
1: And not even just the fan base for the Giants. I hear I see it in the whole Bay Area. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I mean I see it beyond that. That's social media That's sports gambling. Um, People care now more about their fantasy teams than they do their real Mm -hmm. teams because they want to be the ones in control and say, I was right. But I love that you brought this up because the Bay Area right now is literally, for me, the poster city about this. It is the poster city about this. Now, I'm a sports radio host, so I don't hate that fans are upset because fans being upset in many ways drives a lot of what we do. However, I will also clap back and say, I don't get it. I don't get it. It just you're makes on, no. You're on the back end of a basketball dynasty. Your football team is one of the Super Bowl favorites again, and has been to the NFC title game or better three times in the last four years. And your baseball team, um, while you sit there and go, there are no good players. Well. Boy, that sounds like a compliment to the front office and the manager to me, because if there are no good players, how the hell do they have the third best record in the National League? You are sitting here watching a bunch of good happen, and you're
0: pissed. Mm-hmm. No, That's I, on you. Yeah. No, it really it's is. on you. And I get if you, you want this team to fail, maybe you want them to fail because you don't think they should have moved off but Sabian Evans and Bochi. Again, once upon a time, I would have said they were right to make that move. So there are times now where I'm like, you know what? Well, I see how the game's played today. What I've liked to – maybe, I don't know, maybe they should have gotten a chance. No one was saying that back then, so you can't go back and rewrite history. But to me, I just – wanting your team to fail just to feel better about yourself makes no sense to me. If you want your team to lose to get a better draft pick, yeah, that's understandable cuz there's something constructive there. But this whole thing of just like I need to feel better about myself so I hope this team fails, that really just that that defies logic yeah, to me and it, it's it's like I said like yes, this was I don't I did not I would not give Farhan a passing grade for this deadline. I would give him an F and I do know there's whole, you know, the whole thing of there's no good deal to make, but and again, I'll, I'll create an unrealistic expectation for Farhan. I want to have my cake and eat it, too. I wanted him to go out, find someone, but not give up anyone I care about. It's a very tough needle to thread. <laughs> when no one's but, available. Exactly. But I look at Farhan as like, yeah. if there's anyone who could do it. Again, this is the dude who got rid of Mark Melanson and his entire contract and got a player back in return, which still seems mind-boggling to me it, it is like that's that's like bob Myers turning a pile of slop into andre iguodala like that's how big like when i see that when i see a, a next-gen thinking move like that you know farhan he's creative he's a smart guy he could do creative deals i wanted to see that at this deadline and so yeah i'm very disappointed in farhan and i'm going to crush him for it because i really thought this he could have done better at this deadline we're not firing Farhan. You know, I said this well, this morning when I signed off on just, the morning roast. Yeah, you stupid. know, as as Logan Roy said on Succession, you know, the, the fans who want Farhan fired, I love you, but you are not serious people. Like, come on. Correct. The, the Giants have a winning record under Farhan. The farm system is really good under Wait Farhan. Back. I'm seeing takes on Twitter. The you know, the prospects were almost too good to trade, which is like a weird thing to say, but when you think about it, yeah, it makes sense. Matos is too good to move for a rental. Well, they're not Kyle Harrison, anymore. Carson Wisenhunt, those guys are too good to, Move for a
1: rental. Yeah, you can't trade your prospects because they're not prospects anymore. They're on your team. Exactly. So they're if, starting
0: tonight. <laughs> Bag exactly. seventh or so whatever. If you fire Farhan, with all that being said what you're going to get is a team that everyone you, you think that Farhan's ruining the Giants reputation but if you fire Farhan Zaidi that's going to ruin the Giants reputation because that's going to look like a dysfunctional team.
1: Oh god it's a non-starter so yeah. um, people can be mad at this you can sound dismissive maybe I sound like I'm talking down to you I don't mean that but this is just the reality within baseball and the organization if you're talking about firing Farhan it's a non-starter and you're having a conversation that nobody who actually knows what's going on is having yeah, no, and there's some sort of ism here it's not not racism, maybe it is for a few people, mm. but there's some sort yeah, it's of... There's always a little bit of that. Well, th- there's an ism going on here, and I don't know if it's analy- analyticsism. I don't know if that's what it is. You said something a second ago about you know the philosophies of the A's and the Dodgers. There's so many Giants fans running around with Dodger jealousy, and I wonder if you all realize they are run the same way. Oh, yeah. That's why he was there. That's why he came from there. The like the Giants are not alone. Farhan being this poster child for laptops, iPads, and spreadsheets. This is how the teams in baseball are run. This is how they're all run. And and the Giants are are maybe one of the teams at the forefront of that, as the Dodgers are. Oh, by the way. That's why those two names are usually right there near the top of the standings in the National Mm -hmm. League West. You know who's not doing a good job of it? The Colorado Rockies. That's a team that's like, let's save money and trade away Nolan Aralato and then a year later give big money to Chris Bryant, who barely plays. You talk about not seeing a vision. That's not seeing a vision. That's how you screw up. You want to talk about a regime that doesn't know what they're doing? Go there. Don't go
0: here because you got no evidence. Exactly. Anyway, so let's wrap that here. Uh, this has been a, a record-setting uh, episode here on the Garlic Fries and Baseball Guys podcast. You know, I mean, again, Giants had a rough week, but you know what? Let's not focus on. Let's let's not elevate the negatives while diminishing the positives. Overall, I do believe that this organization is on a positive trend. They could still make the playoffs, and I do think they are very well set up to have a successful offseason. Maybe they do sign Shohei Otani. Maybe they don't. Personally, I don't think they will. But I do believe there are going to be other options that will be available to them. We'll see what they do. This is Sam Lubman along here with Mark Willard here on episode 69 of the Garlic Fries and Baseball Guys podcast. We'll be back next week. Shaz, will be back from vacation. I'm sure he will have lots of rational takes to say about this past week. Until then, we will see you (laughs) on the next one. See ya.